0: Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome to TV community. I'm Elliot Chibley and here with me as always is the incredibly
1: resourceful Robert DeMena. Thank you and hello everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, you know what? Happy New Year to you too. Thanks and Happy New Year yeah. to everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm really pumped for 2020.
0: I am too. I think it'll be a great year. As, I, as I've been telling everyone, it's the year of hindsight, and it's the year of perfect vision.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going this year? Do you have any travel destinations in your future?
0: Yes, I'm going to be going to Vermont. I'm going to be going to the beach. I may be going to Iceland still. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to be going to Chicago And I don't know if my aunt knows this yet, but we're going to her 4th of July party, which is an epic, epic blowout every year.
1: And where is that? Is that in Chicago?
0: It is not in Chicago. It is outside of Chicago.
1: Okay. more in the suburbs. That's a decent amount of U.S. travel. And then you have have Iceland in there too. Potentially, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I have Italy. Italy in September, 15 days uh, with a two-year-old. It'll it's be, gonna be my exciting. first, it will be my first trip traveling with a baby, with my baby. And we're <laughs> going to see how it goes. We're going to, we're going to set the bar. Not just any baby? Yeah, Yeah. no, no, not just any baby. Um, I'm looking forward to the eight Challenge. and a half hour direct flights each way with a two-year-old. We're going to see how that goes. And then uh, we're going to indoctrinate her into the fast paced, very efficient, travel lifestyle and we're gonna see how that goes so yeah. is this to gonna be to. her
0: first time trying espresso
1: it, it will be yeah yeah and she's gonna get some of the best pasta she's ever had great pizza she loves pizza gelato. And she, she knows that word now um, gelato she? yes and marlia actually has a my wife has a cousin who lives in florence that we're going to meet up with while we're there who offered to That's babysit fun. and let us go see like go to the museum see the statue of david so yeah a lot to look forward to excellent Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. what do we have going on today? So today's Travel Bites episode is going to break down six main articles, five that we touch up on. <clears throat> I'm sorry. We're going to break down six main articles, and then five we're just going to briefly run over. from the. Do you have something to say, Elliot? No. So from the volcanic eruption in New Zealand uh, earlier in December, um, we're going to break down the dirtiest places in hotels, how to travel can be great for brain development in children,
0: some like of the GF. best-
1: Yes. Yeah, of course. Some of the best travel books of the past decade. What TSA found in people's bags in 2019, which was actually really hilarious. And then we're going to go through Airbnb's trending destinations of 2020. And to
0: end the show, we'll tell you who's going to be on for the rest of the month. That's right. And just remember there is no trivia question this week as it is our Travel Bites episode, but stay tuned during our future guest episodes and shoot us an email if you know the trivia question at thetravelersblueprint@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also our website and Instagram and Facebook all have our email. And last week's episode was Kelly. So if you know her answer to her trivia question, shoot us an email. There's still time. And we have also updated our website to include recommended travel gear that we have used and love. And we have also added links under, well, this is under construction, but we will be adding links under book a trip for our previous guests that either own their own travel company or work within one. And they will provide discounts. And we have all, Rob and I have been on the show. We have vetted them. We believe what they have. We ourselves would prefer to take a trip with them. So check that out.
1: Yeah, all right. So so let's jump into it. This this first story is just devastating, all around devastating. It came in early December on December 9th actually. There was a massive volcanic explosion on White Island in New Zealand. It claimed the lives of 19 people out of the 47 people who were visiting the island at the time. It's a very popular tourist destination where people take a boat to, they they explore the volcanic island and and experience it. Um, yeah. And
0: unfortunately, I don't think many people knew that it was even potentially active at that time. I think there was smoke, but well, as so, everyone being there was tourists, they didn't think
1: anything different, was it? So what up? I learned in, in my experience on in you know Volcano National Park when that erupted, that you can you can understand the geologists can understand that there is extra activity at the volcano, but we still do not have the technology to predict a volcanic eruption. So they, there's, you know, additional murmurs, and there may be additional earthquakes, and we know that there might be increased activity. But to predict the explosion is still impossible for us. And so, you know, they didn't know. They didn't know. And yeah. there are a lot of sad stories that came out of it. Uh, you know, of the 47 people who were killed, there were a pair of brothers, 16 and 13, who, you know, were 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 exploring the volcano at the time. Their parents relocated to Sydney a few years ago from Chicago. There are reports of a guy uh, who was operating in another tour boat in the area who, you know, brought his boat up to the scene to try to pick people out of the water who were trying to swim for their lives. He has, you know, recollection of people screaming and, you know, the, the burns that that occurred on these people. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think all of
0: these survivors left with severe burns on a majority of their body
1: yeah yeah another another story that came out that really had an impact on me was from these two honeymooners uh, in their thirties. They were from Richmond, Virginia, and they were rescued, although they both suffered severe burns. The husband reportedly suffered 33% burns on his body, he's going to require plastic surgery and skin grafting. And, you know, as each of them were in their respective ho- hospital beds, they just continued to ask how the other one was doing. So it was very devastating. I think they're, they're banning any tourism to the island from now on, and, and it's just, I was reading about it. And, you know, for anybody listening that is into this type of travel, traveling to volcanoes and exploring them is actually pretty popular people do it in Hawaii all the time. You know, Hawaii National Park is an active volcano. So understand that when you do this, you are taking a risk. It's actually very dangerous to do it, even though it might not seem like it, even though millions of people do it a year and come back without a scratch, uh, without any incident, you're taking a risk. So just just be considerate. And not even just from the explosion, there's gases that come out of these volcanoes that are dangerous to you. It's just it's just something to consider that it isn't just a normal tourist tourist activity. It's you're, you're kind of, you're going out on a limb and you're, you're doing something dangerous, whether or not it seemed like it at the time.
0: Our next article are the things that hotels don't want you to know and some of the dirtiest items in the hotel and rumors that of things that may have happened. For example, the remote is likely the dirtiest thing in the hotel room.
1: So I've read this before. And when I was traveling bi-weekly around the country, I took that into consideration. I tried, one, I'm not a big TV guy. And I would always have like an iPad or my phone. So I wouldn't turn the TV on often, you know, what's on cable anyway, you have Netflix downloaded or whatever. If I did come to a point where I was watching TV, I would just clean it. I would like get a soapy rag, just like wipe it down, which I know isn't great for the remote, but I don't know, man, they just, hotels, they skeeve me out a little bit. It's just kind of gross. So It is,
0: it is. And, and, and
1: that's, the, the reason the remote is, is, is known as being incredibly dirty is because it's not washed. How often, I mean, how often do you wash your actual remote in your house?
0: Right. I've never right. thought to. I mean, right. my remote. But right. other people touch the remotes at a hotel all the time and they're typically not clean. But research on those TV remotes has identified high levels of bacteria, including E. coli and MRSA. Yeah. So disgusting. So either don't so. watch TV or wash the remote
1: first. <laughs> so disgusting. Another thing that I found interesting: the comforter, the you know that isn't not washed on a regular basis. So Wait, it's not. No, no. Why? Because it's just such a big blanket, so it's just not washed all the time. Ugh. That's something that my wife pointed out to me when we started traveling. We would get into. I remember the first time. It might have been like the first time we traveled together. We get into the hotel room, and she just got the comforter and just threw it on the floor. She's like, "We're not using this." <laughs> And I was like, why? Just like, because they don't wash it. And so now I read this article, and she was right. She had that information Confirmed. years ago. Yeah. And, and if we're going on a trip where we're driving, like let's say we're going somewhere where for a hike or a local city, she'll just pack it, like pack a heavy blanket for us. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So I thought it was weird it at first, and now it it's is. backed up by science.
0: Now it's not weird anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Well,
0: that that kind of brings us to the next one, is that sometimes the maids will take a nap in the bed.
1: Yeah. Granted, not
0: not when you're in the room and usually after you're checked out, but still, they may just take the nap on top of the comforter.
1: Well, yeah, they may clean the bed, and then if they're ahead of the game and they have some downtime, they'll just take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I was wondering if it was after you were already checked out. What if you're gone for the day and you come back and you have like a maid sleeping in your bed, you know, when they're cleaning it? I would be mildly confused. Yeah, so would I. Is this the right room?
0: One of the things that Amanda and I do, we always put the do not disturb on pretty much the entire stay.
1: Same, same. Yeah, I'm not dirty enough or I don't mess the room up enough to dirty it to the point that I need it cleaned like every day. Yeah. Um, Unless you just use towels. Yeah, right, right. Unless you're staying like multiple weeks or or maybe a full week. But yeah, I don't really ever need the room, the room cleaned. Yeah. You keep your stuff safer that way too.
0: So the yeah. weirdest one that I read in this article was that, and it's a rumor, it has not been confirmed, but that some hotel guests use the
1: coffee pot to wash their underwear. So disgusting. So disgusting. I mean, but when you think about it, I imagine it's kind of effective. (laughs) It's just steaming hot water.
0: There's washing machines. Like you can get your laundry cleaned by the hotel.
1: Yeah, but that costs money, man. You could also do it just in the sink or in the tub. You can get the water hot enough and just wash your underwear. I don't understand why you would have to use the the coffee pot like a jerk. Like that's just so rude. That's just a a horrible thing to do as a human, but... It is. Yeah. Well,
0: luckily, most... Hotels now just have like the single serving as uh, K cup machines Right. Or knockoffs right. right.
1: Which I'm not a fan of for coffee, plastic pollution reasons, but no. Yeah. Moving on the best travel books of the decade. Now
0: I- this, this list is not comprehensive. We only went through some of the ones that we thought were that we thought were
1: cool. So. Right. Yeah. What I did find interesting about this article is as someone who reads, I've read about 10 books this past year and I read a few travel books. None of them made the list. So now I'm second guessing my uh, my interest in travel books. Some of these seemed very interesting. Some of them were like travel cookbooks. So there was like a broad variety in the travel realm. But interesting nonetheless. Why don't you break down some of them for us?
0: Yeah, so the these are in no particular order either. So travel everywhere and avoid being a tourist. Travel trends and destination inspiration for the modern adventurer. And this is by... Pavia Rosati and Gerlin Gerba. And so these two editors are from the travel site Fathom Away. And it's just basically how to avoid over tourist sites. And if you do go to over tourist sites, how to uh, kind of navigate when to go in the off season, that kind of stuff.
1: This is something that that I found interesting because even though I... I don't consider myself to be a cocky or rude traveler or rude tourist by any means. I respect the the places I go to. I'm sure there are things that I don't even realize I'm doing. And so I, I want to pick this book up and, and just check myself and make sure that I'm being the best tourist I can be. This is one that I, that I think I will pick up, you know, with it maybe this year. Yeah.
0: And if when it comes down to it, to avoid being a tourist... It requires a lot of research to know the customs, to know the traditions, to know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate in your travel destination, even within the U.S.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This next one is wildly popular because of the movie with Reese Witherspoon. So it's wild. From lost to found on the Pacific Crest Trail. This is the one where she just kind of had to go on this sabbatical. She, I don't really know the full story actually, and I've never seen the movie. I've been holding off seeing the movie because I wanted to read the book first. I actually own the book, paper copy. But yeah, she just had to go on a sabbatical. I think she lost somebody in her life. In her life, I believe. Somebody. Yeah, her mother. Right, and and she went on this hike and and this journey of being alone and and finding who she was yeah very interesting we've
0: discussed in many of our with our guests is that a lot of their travel is a way to cope it's a way to deal with stress and handle emotions and you you know you learn from travel yeah you learn uh, not necessarily about the places but also about yourself right so rediscovering travel is the next one a guide for the globally curious and this one was just a cool one because it's all about Stuff that you've, you've known about travel, but now how to get back into it if you had kids and you're, you weren't traveling as much, um, and just more of a global perspective, or a, I should say a comprehensive perspective on travel again.
1: Yeah, this next one is really, has an incredibly interesting title. So yes. it's called <laughs> The Geography of Madness, Penis Thieves, Voodoo Death, and the Search for Meaning of the World's Strangest, Strangest Symptoms. And he just, this is a guy, his name's Frank Buris, and he goes into the curious phenomenon of the world. He went to Nigeria, where he interviewed and talked with men who were insistent that their penises had been stolen. And then he just, this led him to just research and try to understand all of the other interesting or fascinating or strange things that happen on this planet. And he wrote a book about it. It's it's very interesting. And I, I have to check this one out.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty fascinating. I just like all that stuff seems artificial, but I guess I, it, it's real.
1: Without reading the book, you're talking about we're talking about these men from Nigeria who insisted that their penises had been stolen. Yeah, can they look down? Right. It's like uh, so I mean, what's going on? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we'll have to re- we'll have to read it to find out. All right.
0: This next one is called "The Longest Way Home: One Man's Quest for the Courage to Settle Down." And it's written by Andrew McCarthy, who writes it from his perspective. He had been traveling around for the last 10 years or so, directing TV shows, being in shows, writing, and he's just traveled everywhere. And he's looking at ways to not continue to travel and be comfortable with settling down.
1: The next one is called The Sinner's Grand Tour, A Journey Through the Historical Underbelly of Europe. And it was by Tony... Perotet, Perotet, maybe. He, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. He this this seems interesting. So he's picking apart some of, some offbeat history and then diving into the backstory. For example, he discusses uh, the sex chair of King Edward in Paris and King Edward the Seventh. Yes. Yeah. For clarification. Yes. Not, because <laughs> not any of the other ones. Right. Right. <laughs> the seventh. Yes. Was the weirdest. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, there, there's pornography on the what in the Vatican Jordan room in the Vatican, and yeah. he dives into the history of that. So just nitpicks at some of the more interesting factors or maybe overlooked factors of history, and and tries to uncover the story behind them. Yeah, again, very interesting.
0: And if you want to go to the whole list, the link will be on our website under today's or under this episode show notes. Yes. All so right. The, the next article is about Children who travel are more successful in life and end up being happier in life as well.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I found this article and it already fits my my preconceived <laughs> uh, so my bias. So I'm I'm very happy oh, to yeah, talk we're about it. going heavily
0: biased on this one.
1: Right. So a survey of almost 1,500 U.S. based teachers, commissioned by the Student and Youth Travel Association, found that 70 74 percent of educators believe that travel has a very positive impact on students' personal development. Teachers agreed that the children who traveled to experience cultures other than their own had increased tolerance and respectfulness, willingness to learn and a willingness to try new things. Which, Elliot, you and I already talked about this. That's that happens for adults too. So all this really is saying is that the things that we already know about travel and some of the reasons why we travel to experience new things, to understand new cultures, to try to try new foods, translates well into children.
0: Yeah. Well, so, and I'm going to try to be, look at this from an unbiased perspective as well. What this study doesn't necessarily point to is correlation is not causation. Yes, those kids have traveled, but it also could be the way their parents, their parents' morals, their ethics also match up with travel. And maybe those two things are linked. So it's not necessarily that the fact that they traveled made them better but it definitely is a factor in it.
1: And this wasn't an extensive study. This is, it's actually just a survey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But still we
0: liked it because it, we, we like it. We agree with it. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're terrible.
1: Um, All right. So what do we have next? So, okay. So this, this next article is on Airbnb's top trending destinations of 2020. This is based on analytical data through their booking uh, website. So this yeah. isn't actually based on uh, like it's not a survey. There's no study involved. I guess it's just clicks, right? It's just yeah. data that they have collected clicks through their system. And
0: trends for and they analyzed every city that they have Airbnbs in. Right, 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 and then projected it out for 2020 based on 2019.
1: And what they found is that in 2020, there's a. People are leaning towards eco-conscious and environmentally friendly locations like, you know, Courtney in British Columbia, which I've never actually heard of. I haven't either. And, and people are moving towards hidden gems, which I did, I personally noticed a trend in this where people are now traveling to, they're, you know, let's say they're traveling to Italy and historically people stayed in Rome, they went to Florence, they went to Venice, but now you see people migrating, they're renting cars, they're exploring the countryside, you have more people going into the Dolomites, uh, Cinque Terre is up in the north. Ciccaterra. I'm sorry, my pronunciation is absolutely horrible. Up in the <laughs> northwest of Italy is becoming a very popular destination. We're, we're expanding. We're exploring more. We, we have the capability to do it, and and we are.
0: Yeah. Well, we live in an age where travel, everybody can travel, almost everybody, and it's become cheaper. And there's half the population of the US that travels every year, I think.
1: I think social media is having a profound impact on travel, too. So, you know, you can go on Instagram, and you can see people at the Coliseum, and you can see people at the Eiffel Tower. And you see enough of those pictures, and it kind of, it kills it for me, in a way. Like, it doesn't seem as cool anymore, and that's just because of social media. Seeing the Colosseum and seeing the Eiffel Tower are still incredible things to do, but they just seem overdone. And I look at that and I'm like, you know what? That looks very cool and I'm sure it's a great experience, but I kind of want to go above and beyond. Like now I want to go to Paris and I want to see more. I'm going to go to the south of France and I'm going to walk through the lavender fields and hmm. go to Nice and see castles and see these things that I haven't seen a hundred million times online.
0: All right. So the list, we why don't we just run through the whole thing? Because there are very few... That I don't think there are any duplicates in terms of countries except for the United States. So number twenty is Maastricht, Netherlands. I have actually been there. One of my friends studied abroad in Maastricht at Penn State, and I visited while I was studying abroad in Germany.
1: It's a very cool little city. Uh, Next, nineteen is Malindi, Kenya. I I can't say I know much about Malindi, Kenya at all. Yeah, no. Kerala, India. Then we have Tokyo, Japan, which not a hidden gem by any means, and not really eco.
0: i know of i mean i've never been to tokyo no i just know it's a sprawling metropolis largest city in the world correct Uh, i'm gonna maim this name uh Mm -hmm. les cotamani monge france
1: followed by ubatuba brazil ubatuba that's a fun name which you know just looking at this ubatuba brazil how many people have you ever heard going there you hear you know rio de janeiro of course but ubatuba brazil is one of the trending destinations of 2020 Right. That is a perfect example of it being. Sao Paulo
0: is not even on there.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Right. Number 14 is Courtney, British Columbia, which Bob already mentioned. Followed by Aberdeen, Scotland. And then 12 is Cape Canaveral in Florida, which is a popular destination for cruise ships to Mm -hmm, leave mm -hmm. from.
1: Followed by Cali, Columbia, which Columbia in general seems to be a trending destination. And And I'm going to be paying attention to the increase in tourism to Columbia. They're making a big push to pull people in. And I think it's going to be a very, very popular destination this year and maybe in the the next few years.
0: And definitely stay tuned for one of our episodes later this year as we plan to have an episode on traveling in Colombia. Right. If you enjoyed our
1: Cuba episode with Andrew of Coast to Costa, then you're really going to enjoy the Colombia episode because it's the same guy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Vanuatu. I actually don't even know where Vanuatu is. I think it's a Oceania island
1: are you really going to give me this next one you know i can't pronounce the eight spanish words
0: all right i'll Go for so it so number 10 was vanuatu number nine is guadalajara
1: okay i would have i would have not have pronounced it like that uh luxembourg <laughs> is is next is number eight number oh,
0: seven is eugene oregon which is the head of nike i believe oh nike interesting. headquarters
1: interesting trivia they followed by Xi'an, china
0: i think it's jian Xi'an. okay yeah Number five is the country of Romania.
1: Followed by Sunbury, Victoria, Australia. Hmm.
0: Number three is Buriram, Thailand.
1: Followed by Bilbao,
0: Spain. And number one, number one on this list. Very odd,
1: very odd number, number one here.
0: Which most everyone listening could probably travel to this year is, ready for it? I'm ready. Milwaukee,
1: Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Number one of Airbnb's trending destinations. You know what? I'm gonna have to question their data on this. I just I just don't see it. I don't see it even being number one in the United States.
0: I've never thought about visiting, but I know so my brother-in-law loves the twins. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm pretty sure the twins
1: are in Minnesota. Correct. I've been to Milwaukee. It was a beautiful city. I enjoyed myself very much. They do have great cheese. I ate an absolute ton of it. I sat at the bar. And I had really good beer and I had a bunch of cheese curds. And I think I had a few orders of them. Really cool city, very clean city, easily walkable. I enjoyed my time there. However, I'm still kind of on the fence of understanding how it's number one right. maybe, in the world. In maybe, the world.
0: Yeah. Maybe part of that is because the 2020 Democratic National Convention is there. Yeah. So maybe a lot of bookings happen.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so there's a 30 percent increase. If this is relying on booking data only... And, and the DNC, increase. yeah, the, the DNC conventions there, a lot of people are going to be going to that. So yeah, yeah then it, then I guess it makes sense. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: And our last main article that we're going to get into is the TSA seized items.
1: Yeah, yeah. So before we get into, so if, if, if you're not following TSA on Instagram, I highly recommend it because they'll post the pictures of the stuff that they find. And it's absolutely hilarious. Whoever's running their social media account is great good captions, and and always breaks down these odd things that people try to get on. Uh, what, what's, what do we have, Elliot? All
0: right. So first, let's give a brief overview. Most of the stuff was weapons, drugs, which included 100 pounds of marijuana. Wow. Potpourri of, sorry, a potpourri of martial arts weapons from a passenger at the Colorado Springs Airport on Valentine's <laughs>
1: Day. Yeah. Yeah, in, in sure March. Screeners confiscated a pair of replica cowboy guns and a samurai sword in Dallas-Fort Worth.
0: In Alaska, this one was really weird. They uncovered a bag of quote-unquote nuggets that had nothing to do with chicken, nothing to do with any kind of what normal people would call edible food or gold. Uh, It was moose poop.
1: (laughs) All right. I have so many questions. One, why why is moose poop in nugget form? That's just weird. To, I think Moose Poop is our nuggets. Are they? They're like big nuggets. Interesting and disgusting. They're like big chocolate donut holes. That's disgusting. So <laughs> what, what is this dude doing with a sack of shit? <laughs> and can I, you imagine being the guy uh, on the seat that he puts it under? Excuse me, sir. Your carry-on smells like absolute shit. And why, why is it below my seat? Yeah. makes no sense. Yes. I I've, I've just have multiple questions. Uh, this one. I I found odd and it had to have been women who smuggled these on. So lipstick and a hairbrush that were actually knives. And I'm assuming that these women did not think that the metal detectors would pick up the metallic blades that you would see very easily through the past plastic casing. So I I saw pictures of these and again, they posted posted them on their Instagram. It just looks like a normal lipstick. But when you take the top off instead of it being lipstick, it's a little shank. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then the last one was... In the Detroit Metropolitan Wayne County Airport, they found a saw blade that was accidentally left behind <laughs> in the sole of someone's shoe. How does that happen?
1: Accidentally. Excuse me, sir. You have a saw blade smuggled in your, your sole of your shoe. Oh, oh I have I, no idea uh, how that comes How out. did they get there? Yeah, it I, I must have fallen in. Yeah, yeah. It, that's hilarious. And people just don't ever seem to learn <clears throat> that you can't bring these things on, but I would say that their Twitter and I think even their Instagram, they're very active. And if you ask them, Hey, I have, you know, this or this, can I bring this on, they'll just tell you right up front, yes or no. We should say that even if TSA allows it to be carried through, just like the moose poop, you will you should also check with your airliner because they might not want you to bring a bag of poop on, on the, the airplane. Yes.
0: All right, so that wraps up the main articles. Now we're just going to breeze through some of these other interesting things that we came across in December. Uh, number one is an article that we touched up on earlier or late last year, and it's just regarding the facial recognition tools for airports and uh, a new test that was done on it <laughs> indicated that a lot of the it was easily fooled. Like you could wear a mask or you
1: know wear makeup or sunglasses, and it would just throw it off. Right. Just like any technology, it's still in the infancy yeah. stages. They're still working out the tweaks and you're going to have people slip through the cracks. Yep. Very flawed. This next one. I love this story. I thought it was great. This, this, these two passengers met while they were boarding. It was an 88 year old woman and a young man appeared to be in his like twenties or thirties. They were talking. She said that it was always, had always been her dream to to fly in first class and be at the front of the plane. This guy happened to have a ticket sitting at that exact location. He offered it up to her. He made this woman's day. She sat at the front of the plane. He took her seat at the very back of the plane near the bathrooms. And it's just a selfless act, really an incredible act of kindness. This woman was ecstatic. She asked to take a bunch of pictures. Couldn't wait to tell her daughter about it. And it's just an all-around feel-good story and restores your faith in humanity.
0: Yes, that is very sweet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, number three here is How to book reverse tickets to save on airfare. This one gets a little bit confusing. If you want to read the full article, it is on our website. So I'm just going to kind of give a brief overview. In short, typically domestic flights within the U.S. are the same round-trip cost no matter where the origin is. For example, if you fly from Boston to Seattle, it will cost the same if you start in Boston or if you start in Seattle. Now, with international flights, it gets a little different. If you were to book a flight from San Francisco returning through Tokyo, it may be $1,400 round trip, whereas if you were to do that same thing but start in Tokyo, fly to San Francisco, fly back to Tokyo, it may only be 700 Basically, the article recommends that you look at single legs of each flight to book through if you're flying internationally rather than round trip tickets because it may end up saving you hundreds of dollars.
1: Interesting. Uh, The next article is the most Russian thing you're going to hear all day. (laughs) A a heavily intoxicated Russian man, I'm assuming off of vodka, tried to storm the cockpit of an airplane in Russia. He was demanding to have a word with the captain. And I just found it hilarious. Eventually, they had to tape him to the seat (laughs) so they could land the plane. The dude must have been so drunk.
0: (laughs) So drunk.
1: So Russia, on Russia.
0: Yeah, Russia. Yeah, man. all right. Is that like, is that like the equivalent of Florida Man? Yes. So there could be a podcast on Florida Man.
1: Is Russia the world's Florida? Ooh, no. I think Florida is the world's Florida. <laughs> no, Florida is our is 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 our thing. But who is the world's Florida? It could be us. It could be us. It's between us and Russia. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So article number
0: five and the last one of the day is about giving children vacations, and this kind of links up to our earlier segment about how. Taking kids on vacations outside the country is actually really beneficial to their growth. And this one is giving children vacations instead of toys uh, at Christmas or for their birthday. It leads to more brain development and it actually gives them more memories down the road. So a 2017 study analyzed or I should say surveyed 500 women between 18 and 93. And when they asked them the question, when they feel most loved, none of them answered anything about something that they could receive tangibly touch like a gift or a toy or anything like that. And it was more so about the micro moments of positivity, kind words, uh, cuddling with a loved one or a child. And that's when they felt most loved. And this study was done by my alumni, a human development and family study professor at the Pennsylvania State University.
1: Yeah, I feel like at this point, this is a given. This is how this is what spurs the saying money can't buy happiness. It's about human interaction. It's about experiences. It's about relationships. It's about having that social structure. And that's what really builds happiness more than anything else more than any toy. My favorite quote from the article Give a two-year-old a present, and she'll get absorbed in the box instead. True, I have I have experience now with that, and it, uh, that is true, and it's very funny that that they they gravitate towards the box, and they'll have just as much fun with the box as they would the toy. Yeah. Uh, all right.
0: This month we have three guests, all of which are phenomenal interviews. very so interesting. Very interesting, uh, very well-spoken, and Mm -hmm. had a lot to offer to the show. Our first one is Jeff with Award Travel 101, and we talked to him all about credit cards, rewards, what may be best for you, and how to maximize your rewards.
1: Highly recommend for any traveler at any experience level. The next one, it was with Priya, aka The Wild Indian Girl. She talked to us about how she transitioned from her paralegal job, into modeling, and then ultimately adventure travel, and just had a ton of experience and and could really help someone who's trying to figure out how to make that transition themselves or travel more.
0: And then our last one for the month is going to be with Valerie, and she talks about her newest book, in which she paired with Lonely Planet to talk about the astrotourism industry and how you can enjoy it.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Opened up my eyes to the stars. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's, this month's Travel Bites episode. We appreciate it very much. And tune into next week's with Jeff. Anything else, Elliot? That was kind of a weird, that was kind of a weird close. That was weird. Thank you for listening. <laughs>